good chef. Nope. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Why the f*** do I watch this game? One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie or Hog, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogue. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Um, and from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Adam Johns, go ahead. Hey, Matt, how, how you doing? Um, Coach Ditka versus the Hurricane, who would win? Ditka, Ditka. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The name of the Hurricane is Hurricane Ditka. Here they are. Hogan Johns. Good morning. Welcome in. Hogan Johns with you early on a uh, whatever day it is. What is today? Tuesday. Okay. Come on. Tuesday. Feels like Monday because there was they were, they were off yesterday. No camp. Off. The camp. There's no days in camp. It's just day one, day two, day three. <laughs> so off it, day. This is day nine? Who cares? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. Uh, probably not. Yeah. Um, there's a depth chart out which we're going to discuss. Uh, we are live on YouTube today, which I think we're going to try to keep doing here on Tuesdays going forward, um, unless you know there's conflicts and stuff. But uh, the uh, depth chart is out. We're going to talk about that. We're going to do a little bit of a stock report, too, as we zoom out on, what has there been, 10 practices? Speaking of keeping count, something like that. I think we're at double. You just said you didn't know. I don't know. I family, I fest, family fest counts. Yeah, but... If Hogan Johns aren't at a practice, did they really practice? No, they did not. I don't think so. Nothing mattered. No. Nothing counted. No. Um, anyway, you can follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. You can read John Z, Kevin Fishbane, Dan Pompey, the whole crew on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Uh, you can find me, CHGO, streaming every single day after practice around 3 o'clock. We'll have another show today for you to check out and uh, my newsletter coming out every morning to CHGO diehards. Go sign up, allchgo.com slash diehard. A big drop yesterday in the merchandise world. The Hogan Johns polos are here. Just in time for fall golf season. Yeah, there's still plenty of time for... Oh, plenty of time. You could go all the way into November sometimes around here. I mean, you can even wear them to games if you want uh they look awesome our friends at obvious shirts did a phenomenal job with them uh so go check them out obviousshirts.com and uh find the hogan johns collection we tweeted out the link yesterday too on social media the shirts uh really they are they're great johnsy's been pushing for these polos for a while a couple of guy, years now joe johnson came through they look awesome put my order in today so uh you already hit the white one and a blue one. Yeah, you got to get them both. Got to get them both. Why not? I can't decide which one's my favorite between the two. They, they both look great. Um, we'll take some questions here before we get out of here, too. A little bit of a shorter show because we got to rush and get to practice. Um, but we might as well dive in since we have limited time. But I'm, I'm glancing at this depth chart that just dropped like about 15 minutes ago. Um, there's nothing more important than the unofficial official <laughs> team depth chart that is always a hundred percent correct. My favorite is that like they don't change it ever after it comes out. So you'll be like in week six and like the guy who's been starting for three weeks is still is still there. Still, you know, listen. Why don't you run it down for everybody real quick? Every single one? Well at least the offense and defense. Well <laughs> Well, we'll start with special <laughs> special teams, obviously. Uh, Cairo Santos is still ahead of Andre Schmidt. 
No. Um, how about Valus Jones Jr. is listed as the kick returner and punt returner? Uh, kick returners, Valus in order, Valus Jones, Khalil Herbert, Tristan Ebner, then Tyler Scott, and then Aaron Crookshank, who, by the way, switched to 87 because Mercedes Lewis took uh, 84 from him. Um, let's see here. Herb Howard and I both think Crookshank's going to take a kick return for a touchdown in the preseason. Oh, and then not make the team. And then get claimed by another <laughs> team. Yeah. yeah. Um, can, can I, you mentioned the name there. Can I mention it for one of our first names for the stock up report? Yeah. Tristan Ebner. Really? Yes. Okay. He's been playing with the ones a lot. And I don't know if that's just part of the rotation, but this is a guy that I squarely thought was on the bubble after all the moves the Bears made at running back this offseason in the draft, the entry agency. I, I thought he was done, but I think he's responded and at least made a case for himself where it's it's a tougher decision than I would have thought heading into camp for the Bears decision makers. So that's interesting. I, I just... I, I don't know what to make of the running backs until we see preseason games uh, other than uh, to, to what you're bringing up, which is like how they're being used and rotationally in practice. All four of them are playing with the starters. Yeah, it's yeah, it is weird. Um, Roshan Johnson did miss some practices, but he seems to be number five, at least on my Adam Johns depth chart, which is which is more important, honestly. Yeah. Probably. So you're saying behind Travis Homer. I still think that Tristan Ebner's got to be the odd man out. You would think. But I don't know. He is still listed as a third kick returner, and special teams always matters in those battles for those last uh, spots on, you know, your positional. Because you remember, they're not going to get – the Kari Blasting game still going to be on the team, and to me that counts as an extra running back. A hey, fullback. Yeah, but just in that room, how many guys are you going to keep? Um, and remember, guys can always get back on the practice squad. And I'm not necessarily sure anybody's going to be screaming to get Tristan Ebner off of waivers uh, if, if if he is let go. Well, everybody clears waivers. There's always that concern from fans that he's not going to clear. Well, not everybody. 95% of the time they clear. The Bears did claim like six guys last year, remember? Well, that's a rebuilding team. Yeah. But, I mean, there's going to be a team like that, like maybe the Arizona Cardinals or something, that, that does do something crazy like that and, and claims a bunch of guys. So it's not everybody. But they're clears. not like six from the Bears. It could be one. More times than not, yeah. More times than not, players clear. So you've been staring at this depth chart for like five minutes now. <laughs> does nothing surprise you at all? Uh, the only other thing I'll bring you is uh, how about the defensive ends? Okay. Starters, Demarcus Walker, Yannick Ngakwe. Um, and no surprise, but on the interior, Justin Jones and Andrew Billings are still yeah, okay. ahead of Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens, no question. Um, so then your twos at defensive end are Dominique Robinson and Rasheem Green. Rasheem Green has been playing with the starters all the way up until the Ngakwe signing. Yeah. All the way up until there. You think Ngakwe will practice today, by the way? Well, I hope so. Maybe. So uh, so he he left, so he signed, did this press conference, and then left, right? 
like left the building, left the state, went and got his stuff. And now he's coming back. That's my understanding, right? Yeah, I mean that would make sense. Okay. So he was not ready to go. Is <laughs> her power to ask? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could practice tomorrow. Yeah, no, I just gotta. Go but I'm home. gonna leave the state. I gotta go home real quick and get my stuff. I don't get my stuff. Uh, it, it's, it's understandable. Uh, and then Terrell Lewis and uh, DeAnthony Jones are listed as the threes. Um, okay, here's one. Travis Gibson. Travis Gibson's all the way down with the fours. He is. So that that's a stock down. Stock down. And I would say falling. I think Travis Gibson has had. He's had a run here. I was I was about to say a good run here, but never really developed to the player the Bears hoped he would be. And that's that's multiple regimes there. But he's I feel like he's a media favorite because he's so friendly. He's outgoing. He's always got a smile on his face. I feel like our colleagues have done a lot of stories on him, uh, maybe unnecessarily over the past couple of years because he is such a great guy, kind of a go-to guy in that locker room. But he's never really produced to the point where you're keeping him. And here he is, what, fourth string? Yeah. I mean, according to the unofficial official depth chart. But when he's out there with the threes in certain situations that we see at actual practices, I think that's uh, kind of a an obvious sign. I don't think I've seen him with the starters once. I've seen Dominic Robinson with the starters. I don't think I've seen Travis Gibson at all. Yeah. No, he's that's definitely a that's definitely a stock down. Um, I'm not necessarily seeing anything else that jumps out on the depth chart, but uh did Dante Pettis come off of the NFI? Did I miss that over the weekend? Because he's listed on here. Well, just list them, whatever. I don't know. He's on so, the bubble. Right. There's another one. Well, you could say stock down just because he hasn't been been out there. And meanwhile, there's like it seems like there's seven wide receivers that can make this team, which is maybe a good uh, segue to I know a couple of your stock up guys because I texted them to you last night. Yes. <laughs> so now that you text them to me, I'm going to tee you up. Okay. And now you can't remember who they are. It's correct. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I got it. Chase Claypool. <laughs> yes. Um, so I, I, I'm enjoying the Herb Howard, Greg Braggs banter over the, the type of camp that Chase Claypool is having. I am. Yes. They're siding... both, just, well, first of all, they're both arguing about how good he is. Yes. Yes. It's pretty funny. They're both in, they both agree that he's good and they're arguing to the level of how good he has yeah. been. I, I think Greg is closer to, to great, where Herb is squarely in the good camp. Yeah. I'm in the good camp. He's had a Chase Claypool has had a good camp. I think that's a great sign for him just in terms of being a contributor on, on this team. I think his stock has been up since the start of camp. He's been producing every day he's he's making catches that you're marking down like Good catches for for a lot of yards. Where the point to the point where Eddie Jackson's shoving you violently out of bounds, and you're and you want to fight. He's had that type of camp. Yeah, Herb is uh, gone like full coach. Get one percent better every day, and he to the point that he literally has a percentage a meter. meter that's been going up like two or three percent every day, um, and is somewhere in the seventies now, I believe. Uh, but started down at like fifty fifty. Uh, Braggs has said that 
Chase Claypool's the most impressive player that's been out there. It's not true. To which I would say TJ Moore is the best player on the team, probably. Um, at least from what we've seen. So, but regardless, I think we're all in agreement that Chase Claypool's been having a good camp. And one of the, I think the most important things that Herb has brought up in his argument is he's been out there practicing every single day. He even at one point early, it was like the second or third practice, like got banged up. And I was worried he wouldn't be at practice the next day. No, he's been out there every single day. Availability has been there. Uh, and he's, with a couple mistakes here and there, he has he has been a frequent target of Justin Fields. And he's playing tough and a little bit mean. Yeah. I think the Bears secondary has been great for him in a sense. Where if you want that extra energy, mm-hmm. some meanness from your wide receivers, you're getting it now because Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker in your face telling you about it. Yeah. Um so I think that's a very that's a good one that we are on agreement on. Um, should we go another stock up or like? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll stay with the position. Valus okay. Jones Jr. Yeah, I think his stock is up. I think it is positive. It is a positive development for him. Another player who we thought could be on the bubble, even though he was a draft pick only last year. But I feel like he's discussed every single day, and he's I'm marking catches down from Fields to him. He's making receptions on the field with Justin Fields in all drills. That is a positive development in terms of him securing a roster spot. Absolutely. And I'll also say, um, I'm not going to sit here and claim I've watched every single punt catch he's had, but you know me, I'm usually still watching special teams while everybody takes a nap. Um, Haven't seen him drop one. Now, it's a totally different thing doing it in a game. But I do feel like that has improved from based on what I've seen in practice. And that's a huge ticket for him to still be on this team. And that's where on the depth chart, it is noticeable or notable that Valus Jones is listed as the number one punt returner ahead of Dante Pettis. Because remember last season, they didn't they tried to let him be the punt returner and he couldn't do it. And they had to put Pettis in there. And that's another, I guess, stock down thing for Dante Pettis because if they can trust Bayless Jones to be the kick returner and the punt returner, then he probably will be that. And I'm not sure there's a role for Pettis on the roster then. And let me just say, without giving away scheme, that there was a run play in a practice a few days ago. I want to say it was like last Thursday where... Valus Jones Jr. got the ball and took it down the left sideline for a lot of yardage. Maybe yeah. to the house if they're allowed to do full contact and he, and he breaks a tackle. Well, they're starting to work him into certain schemes and, and game plans and whatnot. Yeah, and I don't think you're giving anything away there because, you know, he's he's a, a little bit guy. Last year. Yeah. Yeah, we, 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 we know that. Um, so... But I agree that Valus Jones has been pretty good, stock up, and and I think that that's uh, that's that both of those guys. I have to say, Chase Claypool and Valus Jones, like I hadn't given up on them, but I wasn't necessarily feeling great about them coming into camp. So good for them, definitely quick, stock up. Quick note from the Bears: that depth chart they just shared, 
is not their most updated one. So forget what we just said for the first five minutes of the show. Well, and I don't know what they're changing unless they're benching guys that we don't know. I just have a feeling that Travis Gibson's not supposed to be that far down. Okay. I don't know. I'm not taking back a single thing I said, though. Well, also, we're kind of having fun with the depth chart. I don't know how much it really matters. No, no. I can guarantee you that this one, whatever one they send out or the updated one, does not look the same. That's it, you know, plastered in Ryan Poles' office on the wall. Um. So, oh, Kindle Vildor is all listed as the last cornerback too. But again, like maybe this is like the real one that. Was inadvertently shaken. <laughs> because again, Kendall Vildor not playing with the starters, even though he was like the top backup last year. Yeah. He is not this year at all. Well, and I would say that's another stock down. Yes. Because almost like Travis Gibson, it's just like another player from the last regime that just sort of seems to be getting phased out here by newer signings and newer draft picks. He's had his run here. And and I'm I've been in the Kindle Vildor camp as he can be a really good backup corner. So but they have the rise of Terrell Smith, especially, who I didn't necessarily peg as a draft pick that was going to be competing with Tyreek Stevenson for a starting job. Good for him. There's a stock up, right? Yeah, the rookie cornerbacks I had as a stock up. And I would Stevenson agree. Stevenson and Smith have, have both been better than solid at times and almost impressive depending on who they're covering in certain moments. Now, certain drills don't favor the defensive backs because the pass rush doesn't get to complete what's going on, but they've been good. Both of them have been good. That's a great competition going on. I agree, and I wasn't really expecting it, and it's been good. So that's uh, definitely a stock up there. I'm going to give you a stock down, and I'm going to give you a group. The offensive line. Okay. And You're going to freak people out. I know, and and I just I want to caution people it's not the end of the world. And I I don't really want to include Cody Whitehair in this either because he's just sort of been the steady. There was one practice where there was a couple low snaps, but for the most part, he's been steady. I don't really see an issue there. So it's maybe the whole O-line besides Cody Whitehair. But Tevin Jenkins going out, I was happy to see him return as as fast as he did. That was a really good sign. But just again, having to miss a couple practices, dealing with something, it's tough. Nate Davis being out and continuing to be out. Yeah, can I just watch you play football? Yeah. Well, remember, (laughs) he didn't show up to OTAs. I'm, I'm joking, but... I'm not at the same time. You were the top offensive free agent signed because DJ Moore was, you know, acquired via trade. Like they spent, the Bears spent a lot of money for you to help solidify their offensive line and maybe help a promising right tackle rookie. Can we watch you play football? Right. It's just the vibes there aren't great. And then this is where I don't want to panic people. But I just have to say, like, I, I've been slightly underwhelmed with both young tackles so far. Now, there's only been a few padded practices. 
It hasn't been horrible by any means. But it's been inconsistent. Like, you could tell Darnell Wright's going through some growing pains as a rookie, which is completely fair. He's allowed to do that. But there's been a few times where he's just been beat relatively easily, and I'm just like, oh, okay. It's not great. I'm just saying a little slightly underwhelmed for a draft pick, and part of that's my own high expectations for him because I liked him a lot. I like to pick a lot. I still do. And then Braxton Jones, one of the things I love about Braxton Jones is he's just so self-critical and honest. Like, it just comes pouring out of him. Like, Nicholas Moriano asked him a question about him facing Demarcus Walker, and everybody's seen it. He was struggling against him. And Braxton just like, yep, I've been struggling against him. My hand placement's been bad. I got to work on it. And then the next day it came out, and it wasn't much better. So, again, not panicking. I still think overall this offensive line should be better. But those tackles better improve here in the next couple weeks. They better be better in the games. Tevin's got to stay on the field. And whatever's going on with Nate Davis, like you said, can we see you play football? Here's one so people could stop freaking out. I feel like once they start running the ball, like for real, yes, where the offensive linemen are allowed to finish, and you're allowed to see Tevin Jenkins pancake some guy because there's there's been some instances in practice where like oh, Tevin Jenkins would have destroyed that cornerback, destroyed him. Instead, he's stopping because he doesn't want to take out his teammate. But there's been, I think you and I are. Have, can both agree on this. The Bears are going to be able to run the football. Like old-fashioned, run the football, pound defenses. I'm not talking about read option stuff like this. I'm talking about the running backs. Right? You, you could see it. There's glimpses of it uh, again. I thought it last year. I think we're seeing it again. Maybe that will help get Darnell Wright going is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I, and I hope so. I hope so. But at the end of the day, they, that that's great. They can lead the league in rushing. But they got to keep Justin Fields upright. So we'll see when it comes all together. And I don't know how much they're all. Hopefully, I, I mean, I think that they got to play together a decent amount in the preseason. Those five offensive yeah. linemen. And again, that starts with Nate Davis, who hasn't played or practiced much at all. Yeah. Can I give you another stack down? Yes, please. The rookie defensive tackles. And I and I want to preface this with maybe it's my own high expectations where I thought we'd be talking about them a bit more. And maybe it's just, again, the drills. They're not allowed to, to finish. I think Jervon Dexter has flashed at times. Zach Pickens had a great um, pass breakup. He, he knocked out a pass from Justin Fields at the line the other day. Like there's there's flashes. There's glimpses. But just like the Bears had to grade those flashes and those glimpses because of the schemes they were in college, I'm left wanting a bit more. And I think that's a, a pretty fair assessment, especially given how how much they're valued by the, the team in terms of what they could bring this year, but also beyond. Yeah, there were a couple of interesting comments from Matty Refluce over the weekend on both Trevon Dexter and Zach Pickens. Um one on Pickens was there was there was kind of an admission that he'd started slow, but he really liked the last stack of practices. And by the way, that's if you guys are sort of up to date on the 
the new CBA, the way training camps kind of become structured now is after that first full five or six day chunk that they have, then they take an off day. They're basically three days on, three days off. And these coaches have started to call those stacks of three, stacks of practices. So Flus really liked the last stack, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, for Zach Pickens. Thought he got in the right direction. So that's a positive sign. Um, with Dexter, it's definitely interesting to hear Flus now multiple times say he's still got to get more consistent with that get off. Because this has been a hot topic since he got drafted. He was not asked to fire up through the gaps at Florida. It was read and react, and that was the excuse that... um, Not excuse, but just reason that was given as to why you know, he didn't have a great get-off in college, which was totally fair. But the reality is it was still a projection by Ryan Poles and the scouting staff that that wasn't going to be a problem at the next level. And now we got to see it. And I thought it was an interesting observation. I guess Herb Herb Howard's the star of the show today, but but he was tweeting and observing from Soldier Field uh, partially because at the practice on Sunday, the, the reporters were up in the press box, which gives you a little bit of better vantage point for stuff like that compared to when we're on the field. It's really hard to kind of see what's happening in the trenches, uh, especially when it just comes to firing off the ball. And he was like, and he was a little disappointed in the get off. And then he brought it up and Flus was basically like, yeah, it's gotta be better. So I still like Dexter a lot. I still think he's got a big opportunity this year to be the, the emerging rookie. Um, but I can understand why you have him, you know, stock down. You're just left wanting more. He was a second round pick. He's got all the physical tools. You think you need to be that three technique, but yes, if you're going to be that three technique, that penetrating three technique, if you're going to be living in the backfield, you need to be kind of fast off the ball there. Win that way. And to that point, I think Justin Jones has, has had a pretty good camp. Andrew Billings actually has been extremely noticeable. I was about to say outstanding, but he, he's he's been great. Better than solid. Andrew Billings, the Bears have a player there. I know he's kind of a you know veteran who's been around a bit, but he's been living in the backfield a bit. He's had a good camp. Yeah, but that was a signing that um, I really liked at the time. It just felt like an underrated signing. That was a good fit for the Bears. And then another thing Flew said the other day was that he's worked really hard to change his body since he got in the program to kind of fit better what the Bears are doing. So I'm not surprised to see, um, you know, to see Andrew Billings perform. So apparently we have an updated depth chart. And now we got to find it. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My thoughts won't change. I no. think Travis Gibson and Kendall Vador have a lot of work to do if they're going to make this roster. I think Bayless Jones Jr. has had a great camp. I agree. Okay. I thought you were looking for something there. But. Well, I am. But um, anyway. Do we have I'm any- convinced that the first depth chart, depth chart released by the uh, Bears was the real one. <laughs> That's I like that conspiracy theory. That's good. 
Um, do we have any questions to pop up here before we get out of here? Um, Since it is a live show on YouTube, yeah. Any questions? Yeah. Any question? Yeah, I'm gonna give up on this depth chart thing because it just probably doesn't really matter that much. I know. How guy- would you rate? Uh, let's end with this. Before any questions come in, day ten, day nine, what have you? How would you rate Fields's? Is that it? That might be it. How would you rate? Fields this camp in its entirety to this point? That's a good question. Um, On a scale of one to 10, 10 being like amazing. Um, seven. I was going to say somewhere in the six and a half, seven and a half range, depending on what type of day he's having given yeah. the last practice. It's been I had, a good camp for Justin Fields. Yeah, I had him at a B plus um, about a week ago before that one really bad practice that they had. And I think when camp's over, you could totally do like the uh, all right. Well, let's let's take out the best practice, take out the worst practice, and then kind of average everything else together. Um, I liked how they responded from that bad practice. You know, it still counts, but I like how they responded, and I like the reports from over the weekend that the offense was better. Flus pretty much acknowledged that much. And I do think that this is a camp where I really like the back and forth between the offense and the defense. I like the fact that it's not just one unit dominating every day. Some of our listeners don't like our uh, six or seven grades. I, that's in the positive side of things, everyone. I think there's been more positives than the negatives for Justin Fields. And I think, honestly, the, the Bears' defense is considerably better than last year and giving them problems, which is only a good thing in terms of his development, getting DJ Moore going, getting Chase Claypool going, with we, which we talked about at the beginning of the show. I like what I'm seeing in general from the offense. And I think maybe by the end of this week, Maybe we're trending towards a seven and a half more eight in terms of what Justin Fields is doing in training camp. Yeah, I just think that you, you I mean, first of all, you said 10 was like outstanding and it has yeah. not been outstanding by any means. Amazing. Um, Amazing. Y- yeah. Um, I think you can maybe make it. I think I would have been an eight had it not been for that one really bad practice. So there's still plenty of time here to improve. I think overall it's trending in the right direction. Um, and I think another important point there as we wrap up, when, when we say seven, we're talking about the passing game, right? Like we're not, we're, we're, we're not even evaluating his running game right now. They're, they, they sort of have been doing that, but like, this is not real football right now. So it's seven in the passing game is pretty good for a show us who we've been very critical of what has happened in seven on seven drills. I feel like we talked about this in the last podcast, but since then, like we've seen him go eight for 10 or nine for 10 in seven on sevens where that ball is out quick. These aren't check downs. This is like second read, third read. That ball is moving quickly and it's down the field sometimes. Now I feel like some deep shots, 
like he's missed some deep shots that you expect him to miss. Like sometimes the ball isn't coming out of his, out of his hands with the same pop it did last year, but we know it's in him. But if there's one sign of progress that like is significant to me, it's how quickly he's going through his reads in seven on seven and how quickly he's stacking completions. Yeah. Like getting the ball to his playmakers quickly. Like that's a positive development that pushes him, you know, into the six and a half, seven range on our scale. Now, once that ball starts going down the field more, then you're talking seven, eight. Yeah. I like all these questions coming in on our grading scale now. <laughs> Bro, delicious. Hogue, if you're judging like an Olympic skating judge, what would be his rating if you took out his best and worst and averaged the rest? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, back to, back to a B plus. How about that? Like if that's if that's uh, more. I know that's not Olympic skating. Is this a Russian judge now? Oh, do we have a controversy here? I'm not really sure. Here's one question. We'll, we'll, we'll answer this when I get out of here. How's the offense doing in general compared to previous training camps? Seems like it's always a dumpster fire, and we have to hear about how iron sharpens iron constantly. You know, since we started making fun of that cliche, I feel like they've they've said it a ton. Yeah. How now, iron is sharpening iron. <laughs> yeah, now I think it's become a bit. Yeah. Oh, uh, that same commenter also said scratch your nose if you're concerned about the offense. <laughs> I'm not actually. How about that? How about that? I am I am not concerned about the offense i am still very optimistic about this offense i think they're gonna run the ball well again and now you have dj Moore to help the passing game you know robert mays and and nate tice uh did their annual ranking of their predicting the top 10 offenses on their pod the other day on the athletic football show and i knew it wasn't gonna i knew the bears weren't gonna be in there but i was like are they gonna get an honorable mention maybe maybe from nate because he's, he's he's a Justin Fields guy, and and I, just the fact that like even my brain is possibly going there, I think is a a good sign. Because I'm not saying they're going to be a top ten offense, but I think they're going to be. I think this offense when it all comes together, and a big reason why is because of what you brought up earlier: the running game. The running game should be strong. I just I need to see more from this offensive line and pass protection. I've got a few questions about the the offensive line. Um, how has Nate Davis looked? Um, I think our friend joined late. We don't know. He hasn't practiced. I, I, I don't know. We've not. We didn't see him in OTAs. We haven't seen him in a padded practice. It's a great question, Berlissimo. But I, I that's part of the reason why we went stock down on that because the offensive line. We just don't know. So, all right. Well, I know you especially got a role. Uh, we do have to get to practice. So again, we we kind of we apologize that these Tuesday uh, shows have been a little bit uh, shorter, but we're trying to go live for you guys to make up for it, and we'll try to keep that going. We'll be back Thursday with another longer episode. There's a football game on Saturday at Soldier Field. How about that? Bears Colts. Mike Vrabel cares so not much Colts. about it. He he's not even going to coach. Colts is next week. Yes, you'll you'll get the schedule. Did you see that though? Mike Vrabel, he doesn't even want to coach this weekend. He's, yeah, I, I love what he's doing though. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> he's giving his idea. assistant coach, his assistant head coach, an opportunity to actually be the head coach on Saturday, which is a cool thing. Um, 
And you'll see that with offensive coordinators a lot. You'll let you'll see them let and maybe maybe Getzy lets Ginoko call plays in one of these games. That's something you might maybe that'll come up this week. We can ask him. Uh, but so that's uh, Saturday. We'll be back Thursday with uh, a longer episode. We'll break some more things down. If you have any questions, feel free to hit us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Adam Johnson. Try to address those and. Uh, yeah, you can catch me on CHGO all week. We'll have practice recap shows 3 o'clock. Uh, John Z and Kevin Fishbane will have you covered on The Athletic all week long as well. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Go check out those new polos. They're awesome. Obviousshirts.com. The Hogan Johns polos are now live. Um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you Thursday. See ya. Justin Fields time, baby!